what should medical device makers be watching for when it comes to the cybersecurity of their products and federal regulators in 2017? I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Yarmela Pavlovic, a partner at law firm Hogan Lovells. Yarmela, who works with medical device manufacturers in their application processes for getting FDA approval for marketing their products, will discuss some of the cybersecurity issues that medical device makers need to consider as the threat landscape potentially puts connected devices at risk. So now, Yamela, the FDA in the last couple of years has issued a number of voluntary guidance and draft guidance for medical device makers in terms of the manufacturers assessing cybersecurity risks of their products in the pre-market design and development stages as well as post-market. Do you get the sense that FDA will eventually formally consider the cybersecurity of medical devices as a requirement in the approval process that allows manufacturers to bring their devices to market? I would say that in a way it already is a requirement. Medical device manufacturers are required to evaluate any risks for their product, and at this point in time, FDA views cybersecurity vulnerabilities as one of those risks. And so what their expectation is is for medical device manufacturers to consider cybersecurity risks as part of their overall risk analysis for their medical device. And the absence of that would be a problem during a pre-market review process with FDA. So, Yarmela, among guidance that FDA has issued most recently related to medical device cybersecurity is a final version of guidance for how medical device manufacturers should maintain the cybersecurity of network-connected devices once they are in use. What do you think of this new guidance, and what's your advice to medical device makers when it comes to this guidance? Sure. Well, the final guidance is very consistent with the draft guidance that FDA had issued previously. The main way in which it's different is that it provides additional helpful examples of instances in which cybersecurity vulnerability changes, changes made to address vulnerabilities, would need to be reported to FDA as part of post-market compliance obligations, either through a manufacturer's recall provisions or through their requirements for reporting under things like Class 3 PMA process. But the overall framework for how companies should be thinking about cybersecurity in the post-market phase, with post-market being after the product is already on the market, is very consistent with the draft guidance and is also consistent with other government guidance that's been put out by the current administration. Essentially, the current post-market cybersecurity guidance from FDA follows the NIST framework for thinking about cybersecurity vulnerabilities for identifying, planning, and responding to those vulnerabilities and making sure that products are safe and continue to be safe in the marketplace. So now, Yarmila, as you speak to medical device makers, how seriously are they taking cybersecurity considerations in the life cycle of new and legacy products? I would say that medical device manufacturers today are taking cybersecurity extremely seriously. I think if we went back a few years, four or five years, there was quite a lot of variability in the degree to which medical device companies were thinking about cybersecurity. I don't ever think that there was a point in time where folks were not thinking about it, were thinking, oh, we don't need to worry about this or, you know, this is just not important. I think medical device companies in general take these issues very seriously, but I think there's been a lot of learnings 
that have been obtained over the last couple of years that have helped manufacturers think about this in a more nuanced way. So I think they're taking it very seriously today. I think for a lot of companies that have connected devices, this is probably one of the top five items that keeps folks up at night. Not because there are huge vulnerabilities in place, but because we are still learning so much about the technology and about the threats that are out there. I think at some point in time, there was a feeling that maybe you know medical devices, especially those that didn't deliver therapies, but rather just were you know wearable sensors or something like that, that they really were not a, a target for cybersecurity issues and that the extent to which any vulnerabilities would really cause problems were pretty low risk. But I think we've started to see that that's changing and there's a lot more focus on protecting cybersecurity, both because medical devices often have protected health information, which is very valuable information, but because the information can be a risk for patients. And then also because the cybersecurity profile of medical devices has also become something that's a a financial issue for companies. And so not to downplay the patient safety aspect, but I think that just adds another layer. I think you see with some recent media reports of cybersecurity vulnerabilities in medical devices that quite a lot of the focus has been on the impact to companies and their financial health. And so that adds an additional layer for companies who are thinking about these issues. Now, Yermela, as you mentioned, we are increasingly seeing examples of so-called ethical hackers or independent researchers demonstrating how they can compromise medical devices through security vulnerabilities that they discover. Now, as far as we know, to date at least, These demonstrations, such as hacking a cardiac device to potentially hurt or kill a patient, haven't actually happened in the real world with real patients. However, when you hear about these demonstrations, what's your advice to medical device makers in terms of the lessons that they should be learning from these ethical hackers? Well, my advice to companies is that they should be thinking not only about what steps they need to take to prevent cybersecurity vulnerabilities from happening, but also what steps they should be taking to prepare themselves should any vulnerability ever be revealed. And you're absolutely correct. There have been no instances in which a vulnerability has been, you know, at least that I'm aware of, where a vulnerability has been used to hurt a patient. That certainly has not occurred to my knowledge. But I I think there is an important aspect of this that is just protection. And that comes in the form of proactive design and development but also being prepared to react on the back end when those kinds of vulnerabilities are revealed, whether that's publicly or otherwise, and making sure that you have all the right stakeholders at the table within the company to be able to respond in in an efficient, effective, and timely manner. So, Yermela, what's your advice to healthcare entities like hospitals and other organizations that use medical devices in their entities, but those devices might have been identified by ethical hackers in these demonstrations? What should these organizations do when they hear about a device that they're using that have vulnerabilities that could potentially pose a threat to security, privacy, or even patient safety? So I spend most of my time advising the companies who make the medical devices because of the nature of my practice, which is focused on on FDA issues largely. But I would say that my advice at, at a very high level would be to partner with the companies that make the products. I think that most medical device companies are very much interested in a partnership with their customers to make sure that patients are protected, that information is protected, and that vulnerabilities don't present a safety, a patient safety, or financial risk for the 
folks who are using them. So I would say that you know it should be viewed as a partnership, and information sharing is is key to that. Now, changing topics slightly, the 21st Century Cures Act was just recently passed by Congress, and that legislation aims to accelerate medical innovation. What's your take on the impact that this will have on the FDA in terms of its regulatory oversight on medical devices? And as far as you know, do you think there will be any impact when it comes to cybersecurity-related issues and the FDA's oversight of medical devices? There are a number of device-related aspects to 21st century cures, and that includes things like additional regulatory pathways for innovative devices, for breakthrough devices, revising the way that FDA looks at uh, medical software. Um, So there are a number of important pieces of the 21st Century Cures Act. Uh, One of those pieces is some additional funding for FDA. So that may overall impact the, the ability of the agency to perform its tasks because it will have additional funding. However, that funding really is focused on the initiatives that are in 21st Century Cures. So I don't know that it will have any very direct impact on cybersecurity. I think the agency will continue to review cybersecurity both in a pre-market setting and in a post-market setting for devices and encourage medical device companies to be thinking about these issues critically, but it may not have an immediate impact on the way that the agency is handling these issues. And, Yermela, I also understand that the 21st Century Cures Act clarifies that low-risk medical devices like consumer wearable devices are outside the scope of FDA's regulatory authority. What's the impact of that, especially when it comes to potential cyber risks presented by these devices, you know, again, the consumer wearable sorts of things? Under what government regulatory authority would those sorts of devices then potentially fall if not under FDA's authority? The 21st Century Cures redefines the way that FDA handles and defines medical software. So it's specific to software and not necessarily physical devices like a, a wearable device. That said, there are many wearable sensors that are not regulated as medical devices because they're not being used or promoted for use in a medical setting, right? So you have fitness trackers, heart rate sensors, things like that that are used for fitness or general wellness. And under FDA's existing policies and the definition of a medical device, those aren't regulated as medical devices. Generally, the privacy and cybersecurity aspects of those products are overseen largely by the FTC under their consumer protection authorities. So for that matter, things won't change so much for the manufacturers of those types of products? That's correct. Under 21st Century Cures, there wouldn't be any impact. It it does clarify that certain kinds of software are not to be actively regulated by FDA. They're not to be considered medical devices. It's generally consistent with what the agency has been doing to date in their more informal policies. So I don't think we'll see any huge shift in what the agency is actually doing. It does give additional certainty to companies who have products in those spaces. And there are certainly companies that make wearable sensors and consumer products that may additionally have separate cloud-based software that may be impacted by the change. And finally, Yarmela, any other predictions about what else we might see from the FDA in 2017 in terms of activities related to the cybersecurity of medical devices? 
I think that we will continue to see a focus on cybersecurity, both pre-market and post-market for FDA. So while FDA is giving manufacturers a lot of flexibility in how they identify and respond to cybersecurity issues and how they plan for them in the pre-market phase, I think that FDA will continue to expect companies to have a robust program in place and their expectations are likely to continue to increase as time goes on. Companies need to have flexibility because each product is different and the balance between security and practicality are different for different types of devices. So companies need to have that flexibility, but I think FDA is going to continue to expect that they enhance those controls and make sure that they have products that are that are safe and secure in the commercial use after they're put on the market and that they're doing a, a robust job of demonstrating that they thought about cybersecurity and they've planned ahead to mitigate any risks in the pre-market phase. Thanks, Jamela. I've been speaking to Jamela Pavlovic. I'm Marian Kolbasak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.